0: Church, we meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. in your own house. You've got this spider's web. you we found that you kind of remove it and the very next day back it is again. And you keep doing that time because nothing is going to move that spider. If you tear that house down, it will be right back. You can sweep it, you can knock it and next day it will be back. And when Solomon looked at that it caught Here's attention. A spider lives in the king's palace and nothing is going to stop it living in that palace. How many beginning to see a revelation there? We are called to live, I can term this, in the king's palace. We're called to live in the presence of the king. And here's what happens. Some people turn back in their trials, in their temptations, in their tough times, they quit. And he says you need to learn the message of the spider. If you will get the wisdom, you are, you're, you have the determination of the spider. He says she takes hold of with her hand. I don't know if a spider. It's a spider. I suppose it is female, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway. By the way, incident, you know this? Oh, there's a spider. I didn't realize this, but a spider actually going right past it. But a spider actually, do you know its own species? Do you realize that? It's his own spe- a spider is its own species, because it's not actually an insect, because I think it's got eight legs, so it's not actually classified as an insect. And there's 3,000 different species of spiders, from small to very big. I think when Lydia was in Cambodia, she had this sort a of strange thing of eating a tarantula. How many of you have ever read A tarantula. No, are the tarantula. Interesting. But here's the point. <laughs> Welcome there. Though. But the point about a spider is that no matter what you do, you can't knock it down. It'll always come back up. And here's the beautiful point. It grabs hold of with his hands. It's not going to be moved from the king's presence. It says, I'm determined to persevere and hold on. And I think there's a beautiful picture for us this morning. That we need to be determined to hold on to all the promises that God gives to you. A spider, have you seen a spider swinging? Have you seen it swinging? You knock it down, it kind of still, it just swings. It holds on. It won't let go. And that's a picture of the believer. That God gives us promises, and the key is, no matter how much things are against us, don't allow discouragement. Don't allow hard, difficult circumstances. Don't allow problems to cause you to let go. Hold on to that promise and refuse to let go of that promise, to let go of that dream, to let go of that destiny that God has given to you. Grip it. That's why it grips it. Grip it. Grip that promise and refuse to let go. Hold on to The promise is no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Don't let go of it. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. Don't let go of it. I'm persuaded that if God be for me, then who can be against me? Grab hold of it and refuse to let go. Whatever promise God has placed in your heart, grab hold of it and refuse to let go go of it. Isn't that awesome? That's a great lesson to learn. Because often we get the promise, we get the word, and then the enemy tries to steal that from you. It can be through discouragement. It can be through trials. It can be through hard circumstances. And we pull back. And we let go of the promise. And Solomon says, have a good look at the spider. That spider refuses to let go. It refuses to allow anything to pull it away from God. It refuses for anything to, to separate it, to disconnect it from Jesus. Hold on. Don't let go. Now here's the thing about a spider. Here's the key. You know a spider produces everything from within itself. You know, where it produce, you know how he it produces his home? it produces his home from within itself. It produces eggs from within itself. I was looking at a spider. How come a spider walks along the web, yet all the other kind of flies get stuck in it? I wonder why that was? You know why it was. Because from within itself, it produces, produces oil. A certain oil comes on its kind of feet. And so it's able to walk across the web without being stuck. is awesome? But it produces it from within itself. I want mean, you to see this morning that the key to the Christian life is to realise... All that has been placed within us. I think the Christian is someone who lives from the inside out. In other words, all that we need to live the Christian life really is not kind of out there somewhere. It's actually already within us. We've just got to let it out. We've just got to let, we've got to draw upon all the resources, all the power that God has placed within us. It's all there. All that you need to be victorious is already within you. How many realize that? The love that you need to love the unlovely is already within you. The joy that you need is already within you. The strength that you need is already within you. And I think often the reason why we allow circumstances, opposition, and why we sometimes feel weak, why we get defeated, is because we don't tap into the power of Christ with in us what a great promise Paul says notice what he says I can what do what all things how through Christ that strengthens me I don't he says I can do all things because I've got the power of Christ working within me I can be a great husband. I can overcome worry. I can deal with negative habits. I can forgive. I can be that witness. I'm called to be because I draw from the power that God has placed within me. And part of learning the power to stay, hold, and to be determined and to press through and to hold on and let that go, it's to realise you're not doing it in your own power, and your own strength. It's to realise I have the power of Christ within me. And you've got to believe that. You've got to recognise that. You know, the truth is sometimes, you know when that power is released, it's often released when you actually obey the word of God. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do it. But sometimes, as I step out on God's word, that's often when God begins to manifest that power. And God begins to manifest that strength. It's recognizing, I am God's temple. And you stir up the power within you and refuse to let it sink to the bottom. Because, I I love this, because the spider, no matter how hard you, it can never be defeated, because it reproduces. It reproduces what is in it. It keeps producing. I love it. So you knock one web down, it just produces another. No matter how much you knock it down, it just keeps producing what is in it. And what we need to do is keep producing. Keep producing love. Keep acting on the word. Keep attitudes right. Keep praising. Have an overcoming spirit. Because that's what I found. That when you keep producing... Even when the problems come, you know what they do? They make you stronger. We've got this idea that problems come to make us weaker. No. Sometimes God allows problems to come to make you stronger. If you keep producing, keep doing what you're doing, then even that problem actually produces far greater strength in you. How many found that often you become stronger through the challenges? Because as you're keeping as you keep doing what you should be doing. Then a strength begins to build in your life. I think one of the greatest quotes I always stuck with with China. Have you ever studied or read the history of the Chinese church? I mean, I mean, you think of the persecution that, and what, not what they went through, but they're still going through. Do you realize they're still being incredibly persecuted even to this day in China? Many were persecuted. Many basically were martyred. But the Chinese Christians had this saying. They said, We're like bamboos. You cut us down, and we'll always come back stronger. And actually, today, there are more Christians in China than anywhere else in the world. No matter what the devil did to try to destroy the church in China, all that happened was the church came back stronger, more powerful. If you ever see any, I encourage you to do that. I think I'm on YouTube. But you can see some incredible meetings in the Chinese church. Often in houses. Sometimes on the outside, thousands and thousands of believers. Miracles just breaking out. Healings are the norm. People continually being saved day after day after day. Because they realize this one fact. You can cut us down. But we're always going to come back stronger. Amen. So learn the, the first principle there. And there's so much more I could say about that. But learn that from the, from the kind of spider. Here's the next one. The rock badger. And we look at a rock. You know, a rock badger actually, reading up, it's a mix between a field mouse and a rabbit. So picture a field mouse and picture a rabbit. There's a cross between it. Now here's the amazing thing about it. If you ever see, they're kind of very timid type creatures. Very frightened, very timid. Very, very timid. Very defenseless. They're not like a rattlesnake that can kind of of respond or react or got some defense mechanism. But they've learned this one truth. All they can do, because they're so vulnerable, what they've learned to do is this. They learn to look for a rock. And they wrap themselves in it and they hide in the rock. So really the lesson of the rock badger is this. It's one of habitation. They've learned the wisdom of habitation. Of learning to find a habitation. I believe the great wisdom there for the believer is this. To know the presence of God. To know that's where your strength is. To know to to, to build an atmosphere in your life. An atmosphere of The presence. Not just to seek him for what you get, but to seek him for his presence. I think as believers, he's saying, God, I'm gonna I want to develop a culture, if you like, a lifestyle of presence. Not something that I just experience when I come to church on a Sunday, but every day of the week I want to build a lifestyle of presence. In my workplace, I want to live out of the presence. In my home, I want to live out of the presence. I want to live a life that knows the key of habitation. To live in the presence. That's an awesome truth to learn, isn't it? To say, God, I just want to develop a heart that just wants to constantly be living and dwelling in your presence. You know, you can live in the presence of God 24-7. Isn't that wonderful? 24-7, seven days a week, you can know and experience and live in the presence. It's, divert, it's developing a consciousness of the presence. In your car. A lot of you need the presence of God in your car. Wherever you are, you're just devoting God. You're with me. In this, you're, you're with me. In this job situation, you're with me. In this interview situation, you're with me. In this home situation, you're with me. In this challenge, you're with me. Wherever I am, I'm developing an awareness, a consciousness, a habitation of God's presence with me. That's what David did. I love Psalm 61. I just think that's such a, an awesome psalm. Psalm 61, verse 2. This is a great... Picture of developing a... This is what David learned to do. Running from his life. Can you imagine a madman wanting to kill you? That's what he's like. He's running for his life, somebody trying to kill him. But this is what he said. He says, from the end of the earth, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. Notice who he says. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed... Ever been in an experience where you just feel so overwhelmed? Just so overwhelmed by all the the things that are going on in life. He said, when I feel in that condition, he says, in the Lord, he says, lead me to a rock, I love this, that is higher than I. In other words, lift me above the circumstance. Cause me to, 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 to be elevated above that situation. And I believe... The presence of God has the ability to lift you, to to cause you to rise above your circumstances, to rise above your situation. He is a rock. He is a fortress. He will hide you in times of trouble. And Solomon learned the greatest place to be is in the presence. That's the greatest place of protection. You know what? You could be in Syria if I use that most extreme place. And still know the amazing protection of God. More so, it's far better to be in the will of God than to be anywhere in the world, than to be outside of him. Realize that. Because in the will of God is the presence of God. And in his presence, what amazing things happen. So, have a cry in your heart like that. Say, God, I run and focus and I come into your wonderful presence. Learn to build your life on the rock of Christ. Now, here's the next one. Very quickly. Very quickly, move on. Locuses. How many love locuses? you know that um, for a lot of people, they are delicacy locuses. You know one thing about locuses? You know what the power of a locust? It's in its unification. You know, if one locust turned up at a farm... You know, a farmer wouldn't be bothered by one locust. You know, he's bothered when thousands come. Because the secret, the wisdom of the locust is this. They all act in unity together. Let me give you a great psalm. Psalm 133, verse 1. Just this power of the unification, the lesson of learning the power of unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold how good. Say it's good. It's good. And it's pleasant, believe it or not. Because it's good and pleasant, what? For what? For brethren to dwell together in unity. I just love that. It's pleasant. It's good. It's wonderful. When people are together. You know... and what the locust teaches us is, is that we don't allow a divisive spirit to get into our lives. Because the enemy wants to come to divide you from those that you should be connected to. That's where he works. To disconnect you. To, allow, to, to cause you to, to, to allow a divisive spirit. In. So stay connected to church. Stay connected to family. Keep everything that you need to be connected to. Connected because the enemy's strategy is always divide and conquer. Do you know locusts kind of partner together in harvest, if I use that word? And that's the key. It's this simple sense today that we all need each other. The power, really, of the church is the unity together, the power of anybody, really. It's not about me, it's not about you. It's about the body of Christ. Our significance, really, is not in our individuality, but it's in our contribution to the body. And that's why sometimes what the enemy tries to do, he, he allows hurts or pains or, or discouragements to come in, and so we begin to pull away from people. We disconnect ourselves from people. Because the key to Christian life, really, I've, I've found this to be true. I don't think we can ever get to the place God wants us to get just by ourselves. That's true. Because we all need people. We all need each other. And I think God's allowed that because people are there to allow you to get to the next realm, to get to the next level. You'll never do it by yourself. Have you ever thought about this? Most of the majority of the New Testament letters were written to body corporate And there's something about recognising you need me and I need you. That that unifying, that recognition that we all need each other. Because nothing about a locust is this it's hungry. It's got this incredible appetite, no matter how much it eats, you can't stop it. And they can wipe out they can wipe out literally nations. Because once they get in unity together and they're hungry, nothing can stop them. And they will literally, they will literally destroy a nation. Isn't that awesome? You know, a thought came to me. If God could get a corporate body of people that were really hungry for Him, there's nothing they couldn't do. There's no impossibility they couldn't make. There's nothing God could not do with a company of people that are truly hungry for Him. There's nothing He couldn't do. Nothing about a locust. Locuses can't fly. I don't know if you realise that. They can't fly. The strength of a locust is within its legs. And a locust, what it does, it it, it can jump up to... I wrote it down. It can actually jump 200 times above its height. Now think how high you are, right? Now you think of jumping 200 times above how big you are. That's how high a locust can jump. And what it does... And I love this. This is the beautiful thought here. A locust propels itself into the wind. It jumps so high, it allows the wind to propel it and direct it to the place it's meant to go. How many can see a picture coming here? Thus we learn to position ourselves To the wind of God, will be amazed where God is going to blow us and direct us. Jesus says, you don't know where the wind is coming, but it comes. The power of the wind of God. Because it's the Spirit of God that's going to carry us to our destiny. And the key to me, to the Christian life, is learning to catch the wind to harness yourself, to put yourself in such a position that the wind of God is going to carry you. On the day of Pentecost, they positioned themselves. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, a mighty wind came and filled the whole place. They'd learned the secret of position. And if you and I will position ourselves to the wind of God, That wind is going to carry us and do things that are so amazing in your life. I think there's two two positions of God. There's lots of but there's two major ones, I think, that position ourselves for the wind of God to blow upon us. Prayer and obedience. If we would pray, if we would be obedient, we position ourselves for the wind of God to come. And when the wind of God comes and blows upon your life, you're going to see. Awesome things happen. That's what the wind... You see, the wind wants to stir you. It may stir you to give someone a phone call. You felt, like, felt a stirring in your heart. It's the wind blowing you to, to maybe connect with someone. It may be blowing you to talk to someone. It may be blowing you to, to bless someone in some way. Ever felt someone in your mind, they come coming you. You just thought I've got to bless that person. Because it's the wind of God that blows us and begins to direct us and lead us into a lifestyle that is far beyond what we could do in our own power and strength. If we would just let the wind come and just let the wind of God just blow upon our lives. He wants to stir in us. He wants to put desires in us. But we need to respond to it. I think my favorite story is Jackie Pullinger. The wind of God began to stir and blow on that young girl's heart. And she felt the wind blowing and stirring her to Hong Kong. Now here's the problem. She had no missionary society that would support her. She had no real education, really. She she had no real education. She couldn't even speak the language. But the Spirit of God was blowing on her. And as she began to respond to the spirit, the spirit blew her to Hong Kong. Remember I said she couldn't speak the language? So when she prayed for dry the only thing she knew what to do was to pray in tongues over them. And that's what she did. And thousands got delivered. Thousands got healed. And I think even up until this day, she's still ministering and has got a major ministry in Hong Kong. Because she said... It, it, seemed, it makes no sense in the natural. It makes no sense. It seems the most ridiculous thing of all. But the Spirit of God is blowing me. And all I can do is let that wind carry me to the place it wants to carry me to. And I kind of think, God, I many believe God's no respecter of persons? So if we would respond to the, to the stirring of the Spirit, if we would respond to, to, the, to, to, the, to the blowing of the wind of the Spirit, who knows where the wind is going to blow you and I? Amen. We just say, Lord, we're jumping into the wind. Let it carry us. Let it direct us. Let it fill us to the place that you want it to be. Let's look at the last one now. Ants. Now, I don't want to talk about ants because I think a few months ago we had a, an epidemic of ants. Read that and no matter what, we, we couldn't get rid of them. We tried everything I know how to get rid of them, but we just couldn't get rid of them. And they really, be, in essence, they are Amazing creatures, really. Here's what it says. Look at what it says about the ants. I just want to get a hold of what it says. It says, the ant prepares itself for winter. That's what it does. It prepares itself for winter. And it says it prepares itself for winter. Where where does it prepare itself for winter in? In the Summer. It doesn't prepare itself in the winter, it prepares itself in the summer. Because if it prepares itself in the winter, it's going to be too late. Don't realise that? So in the summer, it prepares itself for winter. And maybe sometimes we, we're in a summer season of life. I really love those moments. I, I love the summer season of life. and Everything's going wonderful and everything's going well and... No matter what you do, everything seems to be no problem. It just seems such a a great place to be in the the summer place of life. How many love being in the summer? I love being in the summer. Yeah, it's great. But you know what? Sadly to say, it doesn't last forever. How many realize that? And what it says there, it says the ant prepares itself. And I think sometimes in the summer season of your life, never lose sight of God. It's sometimes in the successes of life, we kind of lose sight of God. Sometimes we can draw back on our time with God because everything's going wrong. We don't feel we need to pray like we used to pray when we had the problem. We don't need to feel like we need to be in the Word, like we need to be in the Word when we're facing this crisis. But how many know? Nobody knows when the winter season's going to come. Is that right? And so we need to prepare ourselves so when the crisis does come, when the circumstances come, when the emergency happens, we are prepared and we are ready. And instead of that problem taking you down, that problem can take you up. Amen? Because you're ready. You're prepared for it. And it won't crush you and destroy you and pull you down. You're prepared and ready and it's going to take you to the next level. I just love what it says. It says, Jesus... Was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world? And whatever the enemy has planned against you, God has already made provision for it to happen. And it's in the summer season. Ever, ever, ever had a, a promise from God's word and you don't know why it meant at that time. How many have found that? You get this word, that doesn't seem to make sense right now. And yet it's still there, it still comes up. or someone says I've got a word for you and they give you a word, you say, Well that doesn't seem to make sense right now. But oh, in the months ahead, you suddenly realize what that word was for. You suddenly realize what that gift was for. You suddenly realize what that particular blessing was for because it's prepared you. And God has given you preparation and you're prepared for what is to come. Amen. You think about an ant and like this. You know, an ant can, can lift three times above its body weight. I'm just thinking myself right now. Three times. An ant can actually lift three times above his, above his body weight. And I think one way we need to constantly prepare ourselves is this. is doing things beyond our own natural ability. You know what that does? That strengthens you. If you only can do things that you can do within yourself, it will never strengthen you. Because God always... I thought about this today. God calls us as these people, as these believers, into Impossibilities. Do you know what? He's never called you and I to live in possibilities. Have you thought about that? Because anybody can do possibilities. Is that right? Anybody who's not a Christian can do a possibility. But as believers, we're called to live in the realm of impossibilities. And the way you're brought into that realm is to learn to live your life beyond what you can do naturally. Do something I've never done before. Stepping out beyond what I feel comfortable in doing. Because the more I do that, the more I will strengthen myself and build up. Can I put this way? My spiritual muscles. That's how you build muscles up, believe it or not. Because what you do, you you don't lift weights. Isn't that right, Clive? You don't lift weights you can do easy. You're lifting things that actually you, you begin to build muscle up by lifting weights beyond what you can normally do. And you strengthen, you build muscles up running further than you used to run before that's what god says don't attempt things because it's beyond your ability to do because that's the you know god will never call you to do something you can do in your own natural self is that right he'll always cause you to do something that is beyond your ability to do i think how do you know whether a dream is of god or not because a dream will always be beyond your ability to fulfill it you know why because you need god to do it amen now the next thing if you think about the ant is this. Winter time actually, you know what winter speaks of, it speaks of death. And I was just feeling as I was thinking about this, we don't often hear, and I think we need to hear more about it, is that we need to learn to develop a eternity mindset. To begin to have a mindset that is focused on eternity. A mindset for eternity. I think one of the, one of the values, if we could ingrain into to lives that is a day coming when all will stand before God and give an account of their life. If that one thought was placed into humanity, and we believe we'd have a different world right here and now. And I think so much of what Jesus taught was this, was to learn to live your life with eternity in view. That your decisions, your lifestyle has a, has the influence of a eternity lifestyle. That you're focused, not just here on the now, but you're focused on eternity. It's what, it's the driving factor, it's what influences your decisions, that what you live your life for, the supreme value is God. I'm just not living for here and now, but I'm living for eternity. I'm living for something beyond myself. I'm living for eternity. And when that becomes your supreme value of life, you know what I discovered? Some of the things that we get so worked up about in the cold light of day don't mean anything. Your values, your, your the, the whole things that sometimes kind of that we get focused on, don't mean anything when we live a life. that that's the value of eternity. you was sharing a story of the other day, and I think it's a true story. I think it's yeah, definitely a true story about a guy who actually rose up very very high in the film business. He became very very high in the film business. Started at the bottom, and he began, literally became producer. I think producer was. And he became really top in the film business. And while he was, I think, where was, what country was he in? He was in Cambodia, actually, he was in Cambodia. And there he was feeding all these starving children and ministering to all broken people, all starving people. And he gets a phone call. And it's from a a well-known celeb, you know, a top celeb, well-known celeb. And he starts, he complains to him about his jet. That his personal jet has not got certain items in this jet that he thought he should have. And so he's looking at all these starving children... Hearing this celeb complaining about some things he hasn't gone on his jet. And he resigns from his job right there and then. Because something struck him. What has that got to do for eternity? And I think there's something about learning to to develop. It kinda of, filter, I think it, it kind of creates a filter in your mindset. We say, Lord, I'm living for eternity. That's what I'm living for. It's a man called Leonard Ravenu. He's, uh, he's gone to be the Lord now, but he's got I've some books there that are amazing. If you ever read his books, it's challenging. It? it was an amazing revivalist of his day. And on his tombstone, he left these words. He says, are the things you, are the things that you are living for worth Christ dying for? I never kind of forgot that. I thought, what a powerful thing to say. Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? And when you focus on on the things of eternity, remember the ant; it's preparing for winter. It's ready, it's prepared. And that's the kind of heart and lifestyle that we want to develop. Let's just stand, shall we? Let's just come before the Lord right here and now. I just want you to lift your heart to the Lord. and, And just learn the lesson. Of these four really amazing creatures, really. The perseverance, the habitation, the unity, and the preparation, really. Those are the four things. And the real big question, isn't it? Is to say, Lord, we're prepared. For eternity. We're prepared. We're prepared for it. Because we all live for just that one moment. That just that one moment. When God will say. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. That's the one moment. That's that one moment. That everything of our lives revolves around. That one moment. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and maybe you don't even know Jesus, or you're not in that place that you know before Jesus you ought to be right now. Learn the lesson from the ants and be prepared. Be ready. Be prepared. Be ready for that moment when we'll all stand before him and give that account. And we long to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Father, we just come before you today. I right know if, if you don't know Jesus, maybe, or, you've, or you know you're not really ready or prepared, and from your heart today, just pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And right now I receive your forgiveness for my sin. I turn away and I invite you right now into my heart and into my life. That I would live for you from this moment on as never before. Preparing my life for winter. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, and I just pray right now of your people this morning. Lord, I pray right now for the wind of the living God. Let your wind blow upon each heart and each life. Wind of God, I pray, come and blow upon us. Holy Spirit, calm as a mighty rushing wind. And blow upon every heart and every life. We welcome you, wind of God. We welcome you, wind of the Holy Spirit. Come and blow upon every heart and every life now. Lord Jesus, we all want to know your reality. We want to know the reality of your Prince right now upon every life. Come, Lord. And Lord, today we we hold on to your word. We want to live in the King's palace this morning. And we don't want anything to allow us to distract us or pull us away from living in your palace. For living in your Prince, we pray. Bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. We're just going to close one. Please stay around. We've got uh, uh, refreshments with us, so stay around. If you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer or if you need something to pray for you this morning, come. We'd love to pray for you this morning or any need you've got. If you pray that prayer and come, to us, love to talk to you about that. So, so the Lord bless you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you listening to this free download from Church. For more downloads, information, or contact us, please visit our website, theloxileadom.co.uk.